What's up, everybody? Welcome to the No Picks After Dark podcast with your host, Aaron Dante, who brings you the hottest interviews with the dopest people sharing their experiences all across the world. Now, here's your host, Aaron Dante. Welcome to the No Picks After Dark podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Dante. Today, we have an amazing show for you. We have Miss Chamari Fleming giving us our words of wisdom. Also, Aaron Bennett will be on the show. This episode, we have Miss Sarah Smiggle. And I can't wait for you guys to listen to her story. She does modern stained glass art. It's amazing. And she tells her story of how she got into it and how she has a passion and love to turn her passion love to a business. And it's thriving very well. This episode was uh, probably eight months in the making. And I'm finally glad that we made it happen. So, folks, buckle up. Enjoy the ride. It's a great, another great episode from No Picture Dark Podcast. At Fishnet, every plate served starts with the freshest, high-quality fish sourced from local waters whenever possible. You get fine dining excellence delivered in a cozy, unpretentious, fast-casual setting. Delicious does not even begin to describe it. Everything I've tried is made from scratch and incredible. The best fish I've ever had. Check them out for lunch or dinner at Mount Vernon Marketplace. Get caught in the fishnet. You'll be glad you did. Menu and details at eatfishnet.com. I love all things appeal to the senses. That's what life is all about. By Vivian Stevens. Hi, my name is Chamara E. Fleming, but you can call me Mai. And I am the host of the Purple Charm Experience podcast, where I share amazing content that is meant to motivate, aspire, and inspire you. On my podcast, I have a segment called My Quote of the Day, where I share something, a quote to be exact, that is meant to motivate, aspire, and inspire all of us to our greatness. I chose this quote by Vivian Stevens because recently I've been exploring several African-American women authors who inspired me as a romance author. And I chose Vivian because she is one of the founders of Romance Writers of America organization And she's also one of the reasons why the romance writing industry has become the billion dollar industry that it is today. If you would like to learn more about Vivian Stevens and how I connect, how she has inspired my writing as a romance author and my journey, please check out my podcast, The Purple Charm Experience, and look for the most recent episode, episode 13 of season two. If you'd like to learn more about me and my writing and my romance novels, please check out my website, www.creativecalfaray.com or follow me on social media under Creative Calfaray on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. Thank you. Hey, Aaron, thanks a lot. Back to you. The No Picks After Dark podcast is proudly partnered with Remix Bar and Grill. Located at 819 East Pratt Street, just north of Harbor East, Remix is a sports bar offering a sole food menu. With over 20 TVs, pool tables, 
outdoor patio seating, and private rooms. Remix is set up to be your premier downtown destination to watch all your favorite sporting events. Open from 11 a.m. until 11 p.m. Monday through Thursday, 11 a.m. to 12 a.m. Friday and Saturday, and 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Sunday. Check out Remix Bar and Grill on Instagram and Facebook under at RYMKS Baltimore for daily happy hour specials and weekly events. Remix Baltimore. Hey folks, hope all is well. This is Aaron again, giving you the Aaron Minute. I wanted to give all listeners a sneak peek to what's coming up next. This week, I will be on Creative Mornings Baltimore. I'm so excited and honored to be on this show. I will basically be giving a TED Talk, and the word they gave me was dare. I go into the whole story about dare, how dare has been used throughout my whole entire life. And I hope you guys will be able to come on this journey. If you want to look for the link, it's in my link tree on my No Picks After Dark Instagram. And if you look on my No Picks After Dark pod, that's on Twitter. It's in my LinkedIn. You can get a link to there. Or you can Google Creative Mornings Baltimore, and they have a link to register to listen to it. It's this Friday at 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. It's free. Again, you get to hear me talk for once to more than three or four minutes an episode, and I'm talking about the word dare. Can't wait for you guys to listen and tune in. It's free on Instagram. It's going to be on Facebook and YouTube. Again, it's an honor and a pleasure to be a part of this. I can't wait for you to listen to it. Also, the big October surprise. Every year I come with the heat with October surprise, and I'm so excited for the guests that will be on for October. And again, we just try to finish up 2021 very strong. Again, thank you to all the amazing guests I've had on the show. Also, got some else brewing, cooking up. I can't talk about it just yet, but it might be talked about on Creative Mornings Baltimore this Friday coming up. So if you listen to that episode, you're going to hear some jewels and gems that I'll be dropping and some news and the guests that will be coming on. So I'm so excited for this, this opportunity. Again, thank you, folks, for voting me again for Best of Baltimore for Baltimore Mag, Baltimore Sun. Two years in a row means the world to me. Also, we have the Soha Market. Can't wait for you guys to check that out. It's Soha Street Market coming up, uh, and that's going to be on the 26th of September. I'll be out there live recording, talking with people, walking down the street. It should be exciting times. If you want to come check that out, that's going to be on Harford Road, right next to Zeke, right in front of Zeke's Coffee, Tortuga. Um, uh, Milk and Ice will be there. Look, Ice and Vintage, uh, Found Studio will be there, and anyhow, Paper Cuts will be there. And there'll be so many different vendors. Check it out. Just showing love. Folks, we'll be right back at these messages. Visit your neighborhood sanctuary and do wellness for a luxurious experience for everybody. Treat yourself and a loved one with a massage, facial, or an entire day of pampering with our deluxe spa day packages that include lunch from the restaurant next door, Fire and Rice. For more information on booking or purchasing gift cards, visit their website at endowellness.com or call at 443-438-4048. They look forward to welcoming you and your loved ones to their beautiful new space at Soha Union, located at 4801 Harper Road, Suite 1. Welcome to the No Picks at the Dark podcast. I am your host, Aaron Dante. 
Today, folks, you know we always have celebrities in the building. You know, we're taping live on direct from No Picks at the Dark Studios, and uh, it's always a blessing to, you know, meet somebody in real life. So this um, guest I have coming on, I reached out to her, I want to say back in December of last year. I was like, hey, I love what you're doing. I love the art. I love the stained glass thing you're doing. All right, let's make it happen. I mean, now we're eight months later, and it's August, and we're finally getting around to it. So without further ado, Miss Sarah, how are you doing? How are you doing? Welcome to the No Picks of Dark podcast. Doing great. Happy to be here. All right. All right. Tell a little bit of people a little bit about you. Uh, what kind of art you do? And then we'll get into a little bit further on. Are you from Baltimore? And what kind of art you do? Okay. So I um, have kind of grown up um, all around kind of this neighborhood in Baltimore. Um, my dad lived in Hamilton when I was little. My grandmother lives 10 minutes away still. Um, I grew up in Perry Hall with my mom. I'm in Reisterstown now, but I mean, I'm kind of just, my heart's here. This was like my hood growing up, so yeah, my neighborhood. That, um, right. So um, I do stained glass out of my house now in Reisterstown. Um, I'm 37. I have a seven-year-old son. Um, just work from home. Living the life. Nice, nice, <laughs> nice. So tell the audience a little bit, like, you know, growing up in Baltimore, what were some of your favorite childhood memories growing up? Um, I'd say probably Halloween at Weber's Farm, doing the the hayride and the big slide. Um, and just like the little, you know, the local festivals everywhere and getting like lemon sticks and, you know, all the, the Baltimore goods and the snowballs and, you know, all that Great childhood memories. You brought it back with the Weber's Farm. Like, I, I, I go there a lot because I have two <laughs> sons. So, the hay yeah. rides and, like, the pumpkins. So, yeah. the apples. Yeah, they have the apple fest and the apples. Oh, yeah. And Love that, Weber's. I do like fall. I'm a big fall fan. Me too. Yeah. yeah. I, I like that. Yeah. So, growing up, did you like art? Was there something, like, was there a family member or, like, was there, like, how did you get into being an artist like you are right now? I've always, as long as I remembered, loved art. Um, I guess getting into it was my grandmother's influence. Um, she's not a fa you know full time artist or didn't you know grow up doing that as a job or anything, but she always just loved art. And we'd sit there when I was little drawing for hours and hours and hours. Um, so she was always really supportive in that way. So I guess that's kind of where it came, where it started and came from. I mean, I was like little, little, like three and four years old, started drawing, and then just kind of grew from there. Just loved it growing up. Did always. you like enter art competitions like in high school and middle school? Were you competitive, or was this kind of like you just played around with it, like, you know, you did it on the side? Um, I kind of just did it on the side. It wasn't really competitive. I never really entered competitions. There was one um, – one thing I did send in, I think it was, uh, what's that shoe company? Steve Madden. They had like a contest where you would draw the their, their like logo. So I sent something and I didn't win, but that was the only thing that was competitive. But I just always loved it and did it. You know, I would sit in my room and draw when I had nothing else to do. That's cool. No, I remember, so my favorite art class, and people, if you're an artist, you'll know, it was um, called Batik. And it was where you put like hot oil into like like a little waxing into the oil, and it would you could trace the outline of a drawing and whatnot. You have say a certain fabric over top of the drawing and whatnot. I just liked it. It was batik. I took batik one, batik two, and I was <coughs> always made fun of. They're like, "What is that batik?" I'm like, "It's a fun, laid back, relaxing class, you know." Yeah. And plus, I I said dig art class because our teacher would be saying like, "Play whatever you want to play," because she was like, "We want the environment to be relaxed." And you enjoy an art class. So I, I always remember that. So. I love that. So I, <laughs> I think art class is always kind of like a relaxing 
escape from the rest of the day when you're in school. You yeah. know, it always has like good, like feel good in art class, you know, and the teacher's never telling you you're doing something wrong or, you know, <laughs> it's just a nice laid back atmosphere. I love that. I love that. So did you end up going, where'd you do after like high school? Did you go to college? Did you go, where'd did. you end up going? I went to college. I went to Towson for teaching actually, which oh. I'm not doing that now, but um, I went for teaching and then after I was done um, and I graduated, I taught preschool for seven years. And then had my son and just never went back. Oh, and wow. Just kind of like skated since then. Okay. Doing this and that. And it, now I'm here. So, so. And while you were at Towson, did you, did you want to minor in art or something like that? Or it was never that serious for you? Like it was like you wanted to be a teacher and that's what it was. No Picks After Dark podcast is proudly sponsored by Open Works Baltimore. Open Works is Baltimore's largest makerspace, offering access to tools ranging from 3D printers to welders and training in how to use them. OpenWorks also offers affordable studio space, a coffee shop, and fun and free events throughout the year. But OpenWorks is more than a public workshop. It's a community of creative professionals, students, seniors, entrepreneurs, and makers of all kinds. Check out the website at www.openworksbmore.org or Instagram at open underscore works underscore be more for class schedules membership options and more i don't know i think about this all the time like i think sometimes like why didn't i go to micro why didn't i go to art school like why what made me choose teaching i kind of think that i just have this crazy case of imposter syndrome where like I like art, but like, what, what am I going to do with it? It's not going to be my job when I grow up, you know? So I think that kind of pushed me into doing teaching because I thought that was like, kind of like safe, I guess. I mean, I loved kids. It's not that I didn't like them, you know, I loved kids, which is why I did it. But I think that that is probably what happened because I always loved art and that was like my number one passion forever. Like, I mean, I wanted to be a fashion designer. I wanted to be an interior designer. I wanted to be an artist. And I did teaching, so <laughs> like I don't know. It's all it's all good. I, yeah. I love I love li- listening because I like to get the audience to you know how you started mm-hmm. and then where you are right now. So let's get into being an entrepreneur. Okay, now the name of the company Smigart, correct? Yes, Smigart. Yeah. Where did the name? First, let's go with the name first. Smigart. Where did that come from? So my last name is Smiggle, and, okay. gr- and you know my first name is Sarah, which is such a common name. So I think just in, like starting in high school, nobody would ever call me by my first name. It was always some variation of my last name, and now um, you know most of my good good friends call me Smigs or some variation of my last name. So that's kind of just where it came from. Okay, so where did the entrepreneur spirit come from? Where did all of a sudden you like I want to be my own boss, I want to do my own thing, like, was there somebody in your family or friends that you followed, they're like, oh, they're doing something I like they're doing, let me see if I can do this, like, I always ask entrepreneurs that. It honestly kind of just happened organically, Um, for the longest time, I was just doing art as, like, a hobby, and for myself, Um, I started, like, painting pretty heavily, Um, after my son's dad and I split up, I guess I just had all this, like, pent-up whatever it was that needed to come out. So I started painting pretty heavily and I did a lot of paintings. Um, and then I did an art show at excess in, in what is it? Mount Washington. 
Um, yeah, Mount Washington. Yeah, Mount, yeah, Mount Washington. Yeah. Mount, Mount, no, is it Mount Vernon? Or? Mount, uh, I get them confused. Da- it's downtown, right? Yeah, by Penn Station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mount, <laughs> yeah Mount Vernon. I got it. Yeah, you. yeah, <laughs> that's right. So um, I did that, and then it kind of just, like, grew from there, so people started seeing my work, and then um, I honestly can't even remember where the transition happened from just doing paintings to, like, just doing stained glass. I had done stained glass. I learned stained glass like 10 years ago, but it was just kind of, you know, do it for Christmas presents for people and on the side. And then it just, now that's all I do. I don't even paint anymore. So the working for myself kind of just happened organically. I was, you know, home with my son. I was nannying so I could be home with him. So I was had him and two other kids nannying. Then I worked for a party planning company on the weekends. And then I was doing you know, art for myself. And then after that show, it kind of made like, you know, the imposter syndrome kind of, you know, not go away completely, but I was like, well, maybe, you know, people really do want to see what I'm doing. Maybe people will actually like it. Like, I know that I, you know, am talented, but there's so many other people out here who are talented too, but it kind of gave me like a boost of confidence. So then I started just, it, it wasn't even with the goal to sell it, but I guess I started, um, putting it out on Instagram a little bit more and people were responding to it really well. And I think people were responding more to the glass art that I put out. So I started doing more of that. And then um, in turn, it kind of just inspired me because people liked it so much. It was inspiring me and I was getting so many ideas for the glass that it just kind of like fully transitioned into that. And um, after my son started kindergarten, I stopped nannying and then was still working for the party planning company kind of like half the time and doing glass half the time. And then, of course, COVID hit. Parties were non-existent. So it was kind of more, it wasn't like forced, but it was like, okay, well, this is my chance right now. Like, I either have to take the opportunity and do it, or I have to do something else. So why not just, like, run with it and go for it? And I did, and now we're here. So There's so much I want to unpack. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was a lot. Uh, No, 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 no. I love that. I love it. I love that you were dropping those jewels and gems. I always tell people I love learning about everybody. So, stained glass art. Okay, that's some old school stuff. Like, I like I, when I think about stained glass, I think about going to a church. Where did that come from? You said ten years ago you learned it, but where did that come from? Like, where? Help us like dissect that a little yeah. bit. Um, it wasn't something that I always wanted to do. This is like that's why I think my journey is so crazy because all the things that kind of have brought me here were never like planned. I just kind of always like gone with the flow and it just has happened this way and I'm so grateful. So um it was I guess 10 years ago or so. Yeah. Um I was looking through like a CCBC catalog for continuing education and there was glass blowing and stained glass. And I really wanted to take the glass blowing class, but it was much more money. Um, and I think like the times that the classes met weren't didn't work with my schedule. So I was like, all right, well, maybe I'll do this like stained glass class. So my sister and a friend of mine, all three of us took it. It was right down the street from my house. I could like walk to it if I wanted to. So it kind of just worked out that way. And I did the class. I think it was like six or seven weeks long for a few hours a night. Um, the teacher was amazing, loved him and you know, learned it and then loved it and just kind of continued doing it on the side as a hobby for myself. 
and always really loved it. The thing I love about it too is that I kind of get, you know, when I'm painting, I get to a point where I'm like doing the same thing for such a long time that I kind of get bored with it. And a lot of the times if I'm not super motivated, like I'll stop a painting and then won't go back to it for like months. But with glass, there's so many different steps to it that I never have a chance to get bored. So that's why it's just, I don't know, I just, I love it because I'm just never bored with it. It's just so many steps to do and, you know, the, it's so satisfying to break the glass and the soldering <laughs> of the glass. Like everything about it is so, I mean, it's so hands-on and textile kind of, is, you know. Get your whole body into it. I, I love I love learning about this because I know nothing about stained glass. I a know, lot of people don't. And, and <laughs> I mean, and that's a skill. I said that's a skill to learn, like know what you're doing and understand like what, do you, like where do you even get the glass from? Where do you get the light from? Like where do you get all this information from? Like, like I, I'm amazed when people show me that talent because that's amazing to me. I mean, I've always wanted to go to one of those blow glass, like you know, the blow in the glass, and because I was like, oh, that's cool, but stained glass, like. Like, I mean, you feel like, you, is there a, a color wheel with a theme with it? Anything you do? Like, like when you first started, was it like the teacher was like, you got this, you know, red and yellow or do colors with the match, like the color wheel, opposite attracts? So how does that work? So I think a lot of people think that I'm actually the one coloring the glass. Like, I don't know if that's, is that what you, is yeah, that what yeah. you're picturing in your head? A lot of people think that I'm just like painting yeah. on the glass. But what it is, is you go and you pick out sheets of glass that are already colored. Oh. Yeah, so it's like, you know, they have every color you could ever want. There's iridescent, there's texture. So you go and you buy, you know, the sheets of glass that you need for whatever project you're doing. And then you have to trace a pattern on it. And then you cut it with a, with a glass cutter, like a handheld glass cutter. And you score the glass. And then you break it. And when you score it, I mean, it'll break the way you kind of want. I mean, there's rules to it. Glass only breaks in certain ways. But... You um, score the glass, break it, then you have all the pieces to your to your pattern, and then you have to grind all the pieces so there's no sharp edges on it. And so the whole thing fits together kind of like a puzzle. And when you're designing it, you have to design it for the rules of glass too, which is what I love as well because it's kind of like mathematic and it's getting my brain working. So um, it's kind of, you know, like a puzzle. You fit all the pieces together, and then you have to use a foil tape around the edges of it so you have to wrap every piece, and then you have to press, like, burnish all the foil down so it sticks on there real well, and then you can solder it together because the solder sticks to the copper. Wow. So it's a whole long process. Wow. People don't realize that much goes into it. I think people think that it's just me, like, painting on the glass and coloring it all because a lot of people think that. They're like, well, how do you color the glass? <laughs> so, yeah. You just educated me. A lot of you know, And yeah. I think you educated the audience, too, because I did not know anything about that at all. Yeah. Wow. I wow. think a lot, of, and I didn't know that either. I mean, I, you know, before I started doing it, I had no idea what went into it. Wow. I did not know that it went to, because I mean, I always saw the finished product and I was like, oh, they must paint on it. They mm -hmm. do all this, but actually it's something else totally different. Wow. Mm -hmm. So that's what I love too. The, the, because I think with painting a lot of the time I get to a point where I'm, I'm just like over painting it or overdoing it and it just becomes a mess. So with glass, I think it kind of reins in my, my brain a little bit because you have to design your, you know, your piece to a certain parameters because glass won't like cut in angles or, you know, you can't go too far on an inside curve because the glass will break in half and you won't have the piece that you want. So it kind of like reins me in. Um, so, 
you know, and then the, the different colors of the glass and the texture of the glass, like that's so fun for me to pick out. You, you can't really do that with paint. Like you can't make something, look, I mean, you can make something look bumpy, but it's like actual texture to the glass that I can interpret in ways. Like I made a cheeseburger and the, the meat was like round bubbles. <laughs> so it kind of was like interpretive of meat, but not. So I kind of like coming up with creative ways to make glass look like things that they're not really supposed to look like, I guess. That so. leads me into my next question, actually. I'm glad yes. you said that. The No Picks After Dark podcast is proudly sponsored by Maggie's Farm. Located at 4341 Hartford Road, Maggie's Farm offers a unique dining experience with delicious handcrafted cocktails and mouth-awarding cuisine from falafel to scallops and everyone's favorite honey sriracha cauliflower wings. Open for dinner from 4 p.m. until 10 p.m. Wednesday through Saturday, and serving brunch Saturday, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., and Sunday from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. With delectable chicken and waffles, shrimp and grits, biscuits and gravy, and more. Check out Maggie's Farm on Instagram and Facebook for daily and weekly food specials as well. Your art that you make, is it, how do, do you, when you make it, do you, is it something like that you like to make that, like the cheeseburger thing, or do you make the art in mind of your customer? What do you, how, how do you, what is your, what is your process when you do your projects? I guess when I started, it was all for myself and just whatever I liked and what inspired me because I find that I always work best when it's something I obviously am interested in. Um, but now I get a lot of, um, custom pieces like a lot of people want dog portraits made out of glass so I've been doing a lot of those lately which is really fun um so those obviously are designed specifically for the customer and you know when I get a lot of um you know a lot of things a lot of people respond on Instagram to something I post then I'll make more of that because I know you know I want to give people what they want obviously um but I still try to find time for things that I really like to do because if I don't do that then I think I get you know I I get bored with it or you know kind of like in a stagnant spot like I always have to come up and create something that I really want to create so I kind of try to balance that like if I have a custom I'll also do a piece at the same time that something I design that I like that's cool that that's really dope that's really yeah. dope uh yeah I, I like that I like that um so you said something else else that was very important we're unwrapping all of it but you just could tell us Fine. <laughs> you said COVID yes okay at that I this is what I've told people COVID was a blessing and a curse all wrapped up in one yes agreed the curse is that we lost a year of our lives and lost a lot of things. A lot of people passed away then, stuff like that. The blessing is, I tell people, if you don't, if you can't figure out how to make a hustle after a whole year to be down, you ain't gonna make it never. Because you, can, if you think about it, if you have a whole year to figure out, figure it out, mm-hmm. this is the year to do it. Because once everything opens back up, things get crazier again. So with COVID, when you stopped the baby, so you said you stopped doing everything, and then, then, because I remember I reached out around December, January during that time period. Did you just, or maybe last, I don't know, but maybe it was towards, well, not the end, but who knows the end, but then when did you were like, I'm going full, did you say I'm going all in, this Mm -hmm. is the time for me to figure Mm -hmm. things out? Take take us through that mindset when you, when everything was going down. So... 
before COVID hit, I was kind of doing half and half. I was doing half, you know, cause I always wanted that to be like, once I started and people started buying things for me and started really liking it, I was like, okay, well this is like, I want to do this for my job. Like I have this talent. Why am I going to work in an office and, you know, do these things that I don't want to do when I have this talent and I can, you know, make that work for me and have that be my job. So I was doing that half of the time and working for this party company. They're like really good family friends. So, you know, I loved working for them. Um, so it was kind of half and half, but then, you know, after COVID hit, obviously people weren't having parties anymore. They, that kind of just stopped. So my choice was, you know, wither away or do this thing that I love and be all in because I've always kind of had one foot out the door with it. Not that I wanted to like run away from the glass, but with, you know, like I was saying with the imposter syndrome, like this is not, I, I don't know if I can make this my full-time job. Am I really going to be able to do it? So it kind of just forced me to be like, all right, well you either are going to, or you're not. So now's the time to figure it out. And if you can't, then fine, you can't, you'll figure something else out. So just go for it. And that's kind of what I did. And being all in on something, I think you become like so much more successful at it when you don't like have your brain out the door half the time thinking that you're not going to make it. Like when you kind of just, that's your only choice and that's what you're going to do. I've heard that from several artists actually. Yeah. They say that pretty much once you can do it for 40 hours or 40 plus hours, you can solely focus on that. Mm -hmm. You get better at it. Right. Yeah, because you're focusing more on that craft. Do you find that, but did you find that was better for you? Also, like you're like, all right, I got 40 hours, three hours to dedicate to this. Did you find like you were like maybe just learning more stuff about the business side of things or like, what did you learn? Did you, what did you learn from that? Just leaving the other job and now you're focusing 40 hours on that. I mean, I definitely think, see, I, I feel like I, I still am like learning all the time. And even before COVID, I'm, I'm always learning and I'm always like learning from my mistakes. Um, I guess it was just more changing my mindset about it, which was like the most beneficial thing. Um, just changing my mindset to like, this is my job. It's not like the party company. It's not these 10 other things that I'm doing. This is my job. So I'm going to like work so hard on it that, you know, that's like my only choice. And I did learn like stuff about business and, but I'm, to be really honest, I'm like really not good at that part of it, that side of it. So that's always a learning process. I think it's always going to be, um, you know, cause I have such a, like a creative brain that like the business side is just like, my brain just wants to shut down. But I mean, obviously it's a necessity. So I've definitely learned that. I think it was just mostly just changing my, like my mindset about it. Like, you know, this is it. This is my job. I'm a full-time artist. Because I would never, you know, say that before. It was just like, well, I mean, I kind of do this and I do that. And, like, I have five other jobs that I'm doing. But, like, you know, this is cool. It's just, that's it. That's now, my job. Do you have your own studio now? Do you work out of? Or do you work out of the home? Or how, how do you do things now? I work out of my house. Okay. Um, I had a bedroom that I was working out. But I, I switched and now I'm in the basement. Um, so... It works. Everything's there. My son was home doing virtual learning all year. So I was doing that and like, you know, doing the glass full time. So I was running up and down the steps, like helping him with school and then running back and doing the glass. So it just, you know, out of necessity, it all kind of worked out the way it was supposed to. Uh, are, are there any collaborations that you've done in the past that or anybody who would you would love to collaborate going forward? Um, I haven't done any in the past um kate Cluse. i don't know if sorry if i said your last name wrong. it's kate k designs on instagram um her and i have been talking about doing a collaboration we have a design and everything it's just i haven't really gotten to it 
as of yet. And then um, the Stoop Baltimore on Instagram, she does plant hangers. We were talking about doing something together, um, but as of yet, I haven't. But things are in the works. Yeah, collaborations are fun. They're, yeah. they're, they're like, once you get it with the ball rolling, it's always like, all right, cool. That That's what it's all about. Yeah. So where where's the farthest per place you've sold your art? Like where like where do you, where do your clients come from? I mean, internet's a weird place, so you can get it people is. from everywhere. The No Picks After Dark podcast is fueled by Zeke's Coffee. Have you tried their coffee yet? I'm telling you, there is something different about it. Maybe it's because they roast their beans in a fluid coffee roaster, which provides the most accurate roasting temperatures and made with love. You will just have to check it out for yourself. And try their delicious food while you're at it. Open now for curbside service, carryout, and delivery. And they also do wholesale. Visit Zeke's Coffee at 4719 Harper Road. Open Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. And Sunday, 8 to 5 p.m. Kitchen closes at 3 p.m. Or visit Zeke'sCoffee.com and you too can be fueled by Zeke's. Um, so the furthest I've sold a piece is um, I just actually shipped something off to France. A Saturn piece to wow. France um, wow. a couple weeks ago. But, um, I mean, all over the U.S. mostly. Um, Canada. Um, I think that's, other than France, that's the farthest, like, Canada. Um, but mostly just the U.S. Uh, I haven't traveled myself to sell it, but, you know, through, I do most of my, um, most of sales through Instagram. So, you know, people find me from all over. We got to connect you with the Charm Sea Craft Mafia. We got to connect you. I have tried. I tried <laughs> years ago to try to um, get in to do their craft fair, but I just don't think I was, you know, uh, ready, I guess. You know, gotcha. so I didn't get in them, but that's, you know, that's fine. They're one of my sponsors. So yeah. maybe some, maybe, Put you in a good maybe you can talk to them. Maybe you can talk to them. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And then. That was years ago. So now I feel like I would. That's definitely be it. more ready and prepared for that. Yeah, that's be more like how you played on that, <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. Um, now we just had a big festival on Hoffer Road, and I was asking you before the show, like you know, when you got the call and when you said, "Hey, they want to you come over here." What were your feelings like coming back in the neighborhood and selling the product that you know you know this neighborhood? How did you feel when you came back? I mean, it was great. I loved it. Um, I, and, you know, it's funny because she, um, I was asked to do little pop-ups for weeks and weeks leading up to the, you know, the street fair that we did. And I never have enough stuff to bring. So I've had to say no so many times because I don't have enough stuff in stock because it just kind of has been selling out on my Instagram, which is a great problem to have. So, um, you know, when she asked this time, I was like, okay, I'll do it. And then I just kind of like cranked as much stuff out as I could. So I'm glad that I did. It was great, you know, meeting people who've bought things for me, seeing like, you know, friends in the neighborhood come up. It, it was really nice. Like, I, I can't wait to do another one. So. Yeah, so there's a funny story behind this, folks. So um, I'm still, I'm down on the other end and I'm sitting down talking with some friends and uh, Sarah walks up to me and is like, hey, how you doing? And I'm like, hey, what's up? How you doing? I'm, uh, you know, I'm Aaron from... No picks. Yeah, I know who you are. <laughs> but it was cool because she was like, hey, I just wanted to say hi so you know my face, who I am. And definitely, let's, and I was like, yeah, let's still do the show. Let's make it happen. And um, I'm happy that we are able to do it. You know, I think timing's always, timing's everything. So I was happy that you came up and just found me because we were yeah. on the opposite ends mm -hmm. of the tree fair. So it was really cool that you came down. I was like, we're going to make it happen. Yeah. I told you that and now day. We're here. Now we're here. So and now we're here. Now we're here. So that, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, do you make, now, and I should probably 
know this already, Christmas ornaments? You know, I don't. Oh. I don't. Well... Or like, you know, I've like made, small ones? I've made small little birds before that I guess could double as Christmas ornaments, but it wasn't necessarily the, you know, main purpose of making them. They were just small little, like, kind of abstract birds. Um, so, no, but I would. Oh, no, just, just a thought. Yeah, just, just if a people thought. are interested, I would. That'd be a cool thing to make. I don't really like to make things that are, like, specifically dedicated to holidays. Gotcha. Because I feel like if someone's buying you know, spending money on a piece of my art, I want them to be able to enjoy it all the time, you know, not just for, like, Christmas or Halloween or whatever holiday. I know some people make, like, gorgeous, you know, holiday ornaments and, you know, Halloween stuff, but I like to just kind of make it for, you know, all year. Now, um, going into, so custom-made orders, Mm -hmm. what's normally the time frame for, say, you said people are my dogs, Mm -hmm. which I love. Mm Mm-hmm. Do they send a picture of their dog? Like, how mm-hmm. does that even work? So they send, I usually ask for, you know, a couple good pictures, like two to three good pictures of, you know, your dog or cat. I've done a cat before too, which was fun. Um, and then I take that and make the design out of it um, right directly off the picture. So it's going to look exactly like your dog or cat. Um, and then, you know, I use glass that's kind of like the fur on the, the, mm. the pet. So if it's like squiggly, I'll use squiggly textured colored glass for that so that's always really cool to see you know the the fur of the dog translated into like a piece of glass that's always kind of fun for everybody when they get the piece um and then I also use paint too on the glass to kind of like make it look even more like the dog so if they have you know little black spots by their by their nose I'll paint it so it looks just like the dog um and then it takes probably like two to three weeks or so for me to completely do it from design to completion and then sending it out. It just depends on how much other stuff I have going on at the moment, but usually around two to three weeks. That's uh, that's really, that's really cool. Now, do you, um, I know with COVID, you probably had, can't do it, but would you be able to teach a class about, about you know, how you do what you do staying on? Yeah. I mean, I think that's pretty cool. I mean, is that something that you're looking to... Uh, after the pandemic. <laughs> that would be great. I would love to. Um, I have even actually thought about this before with doing kind of like virtual classes because of COVID. I was thinking, you know, like people are kind of just looking for hobbies and stuff right now. <laughs> so maybe I could do like an online virtual thing and it just kind of never kind of happened. Um, I have, I think it was the BMA. Was it the BMA? Um, I did a, they were asking me to do like a little two hour class, but it's so hard to do a two hour class with staying class because it takes such a long time. So I kind of did a modified version where people were painting on like glass and I gave them the chance to cut it and, you know, told them the whole thing. So that was really fun. So I would like to teach a class if I got the opportunity. I just find that I really like never have enough hours in a day to do all the things. So, but <laughs> I guess you make, you make the time and do it. So it would definitely be something I'd be willing to do. That's, that's definitely that's so cool. That's so cool. So you get, you answer all the hard questions. Okay. All right. Now we're going to go to the easier ones. All okay. Right? <laughs> I call this rapid fire. Okay. Okay. Dead or alive artists you would want to either work with or meet. Okay. Um, I really love Charlie Harper. Okay. Um, his stuff is so kind of, he, he makes, he does a lot with nature and like birds and different Ooh. animals and stuff, but it's in such a simplistic way. So that kind of like translates to my, to my glass brain where I have to make something complicated and like tone it down to something so simplistic. So his work would probably really translate well to glass. So 
I'd probably say Charlie Harper. Um, I really enjoy Oliver Hibbert. Okay. He's kind of like trippy art on oh. Instagram. Okay. And he's actually living. So if I reached out, maybe that could be a possibility. Hey. So, hey. hey. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite art museum? Um, the Visionary Art Museum. I kind of just like how quirky it is. And Always fun. What inspires you every day? Gosh, that's a hard one. I think on everything. I mean, I kind of feel like with artists, we have this like thing in our brain that's very childlike that we didn't lose growing up. You know, kids are just kind of like, you know, love everything. They're just interested in like so many things that adults just kind of like <laughs> lose. So um, I think I just find inspiration, you know, just kind of like clicks in my brain. Nice. St snowballs or ice cream? Snowballs. What flavor snowball? Oh boy, um, I really like old-fashioned egg custard. <laughs> That's a Baltimore thing. Yeah. That's a Baltimore thing. Yeah. All right. Crabs or crab cakes? Crabs. Okay. And what's the best advice you've ever received? Oh boy, I thought about this one for a long time. I'm going to kind of go against the grain here and say that the best advice I ever received was advice I didn't take. <laughs> um I just feel like, you know, you know yourself the best and people are going to give you advice all the time. And I feel like you're going to feel pressured to take it, but you know yourself best and what's going to work best for your life. So, I mean, just like go with your heart, I think. I, like I mean, if I would have taken advice that people gave me that, you know, I felt pressured to take, I wouldn't be where I am. So. And where can folks find you on Instagram, Facebook? Are you TikToking? Oh my god, TikTok! I'm trying. I'm trying to TikTok. I'm trying. It's so hard. I'm trying to do it. I'm trying to do the reels on Instagram. It's hard. I feel like I'm old and I don't know how to do it, but I'm trying. So um, I'm on Instagram at Smigart, which is S M I G G two G's A R T. I'm not on Facebook. Um, I have a website which is Smigart.com. Um, I am on TikTok. I think it's also Smigart, but I really don't have a lot there. So Instagram is the number one way to find me. Um, you can DM me if you want customs, any of that stuff. So I'm always on there. <laughs> nice, nice. So definitely look her up on Instagram, the IG be popping, always something really great on there. Again, Thank TikTok's you. the new pop. I tell people every day, Reels, everything's about video now. It is. Which is, which is upsetting. Oh, my God. Because so hard. the other day I was sitting on my couch playing with reels and tiktok for like two hours it it's a time sucker it, it is. really is i mean i try to set up like <laughs> I, I set my camera up behind me sometimes and i'll do you know videos where i'm like cutting the glass or soldering it's just hard to like edit it all together it takes so long yeah i have like my <laughs> my like work jobs like my my glass jobs when my son's not at home or he's like camper at school and i get all that stuff done and then i have like my couch jobs <laughs> so when i'm like sitting on the couch at night i have that kind of stuff like i'll do the instagram and all that so that's what's up yeah it's like it, it's you're constantly <laughs> constantly working on it it's a full-time job it really is I told somebody, more than full-time i need an intern <laughs> yeah for real i'm the shipping department i'm the social media department i'm the, you know i love so. it well congratulations on all Thank your success you. I'm glad we can make this happen. And when that collab does come around, yes. let's talk about it. We can bring you back on the show for yeah, it. Yeah, I would love it. And then we can talk Absolutely. about it and promote what you guys got going on. Yeah. Because I always want to just promote anybody out there who's doing great things in Baltimore. And we want to salute all the artists out there who are doing big things. And 
really appreciate you taking time out your day to come on over to come over northeast again you know yeah i, know. I love it i mean i'm all i'm here at least once a week at my grandmother's and all around so i'm always around well folks but yeah it was great thank Ms. you for Sarah, having me thank you so much for coming over hanging out again people we appreciate you listening to no picture dark podcast love peace and happiness we're out thank you Thank <laughs> you.